0: Hello there, and welcome to our podcast, Conversations in Noosa. My name is John Caruso. Have you ever felt like you're living your life according to other people's expectations? The degree you're studying for, the career you've chosen, or the lifestyle that you're living? It happened to my next guest, Elisa Hurtado. Even though Elisa was studying law, modelling in exotic locations, and helping to run a string of restaurants, she felt that those choices weren't fulfilling her on a number of levels. So what did she do? The answers are in this podcast. We started by talking about how Elisa, the girl from Mexico City, ended up in Noosa, Queensland.
1: I needed a change. Uh, I was living in Cairns for 10 years and it just felt like I was a hamster in a wheel. It just felt... I wouldn't say I wasn't happy, but it was just always the same thing and I needed a change. My daughters were getting a little bit older and I just found that we were just living. We weren't doing anything exciting. It was just a constant day-to-day. It was like the same hog day. Groundhog Day. Grand yeah. day that you always repeat the same thing. So that's how I felt. And uh, I was thinking to move to the Gold Coast. And then I realized mm, it might not be the best environment for myself and for the daughters that I obviously have to provide for. So
0: I guess the question is, how did you end up in Australia? So you moved from St. Cairns. <laughs> but, but how did that happen that you found yourself in far north Queensland?
1: I was living in the Caribbean and I met someone. We hit it off and uh, eventually I decided to move back to Canada. And uh, when I was in Canada, I decided I was going to go back to school and I uh, found out that I was pregnant. So um, obviously we had discussions and we decided that we we're going to put our careers on hold and uh, start from scratch in another country that we both love traveling so it kind of all worked out and uh, he already came to Australia to study sorry to work and uh, he decided to um, that this was a place where he wanted to have a family that it was safe and it was different that's what we did I'm very (laughs)
0: jealous of all these uh, names that you're dropping these countries uh, the Caribbean (laughs) and Canada and here and there let's let's rewind right back to the beginning you grew up in Mexico Yes. What part of Mexico?
1: Mexico City. I've been yes. there. In the jungle, as you would say. Yeah, The hustle and bustle. It's that's a what big it was. city. Is uh, it one it's, of the biggest cities in the world? It is. And it's overpopulated. It's just... It, it doesn't stop. It's not a city where you can say, you're going to relax. It's constantly you need to be on your tiptoes, aware of your surrounding. I mean, don't get me wrong. The culture is magnificent. I, I miss it every day and the food. The feeling that you feel from the place that you always have to make sure that you're not out from certain times or you're not in this neighborhood it's dangerous it is it is I mean if you're not from there yes and you cannot go there with your nice shoes and your nice clothes and your jewelry because yeah you might not come home so yeah
0: what's it like growing up with that kind of fear, because it's alien to us if other people are listening to that in a Western world. I, I went to Mexico once, maybe 16, 17 years ago, and it was the first time that I saw people walking around freely mm. with guns, yeah. uh, just in the streets. Yes. And uh, and maybe automatic weapons and yes. stuff. And, and for a Westerner who grew up, has lived all, all of his life in Australia, that's an odd scene. That's mm. an odd scenario. You don't see that ever. But when you grow up and, and you live, like that yeah it is it does it make you are you constantly nervous are you kind of on edge all the time what's that lifestyle like for
1: you um when I was a kid it didn't really phase me because I didn't know um I knew that I was different from the other kids for the fact that I was getting picked up and dropped off to school I couldn't walk from home to school well one it was a little bit far but we always have a driver that was making sure that we were going from the car to the door of the school. And it so you, was you
0: came from a wealthy family. Yeah, I yeah, did. Right.
1: Um, yeah, uh, dad was, um, was a wealthy businessman. So yeah, I never thought much of it. But then when I went back with my two daughters uh, a few years back, I, I did feel it. I, it was, um, even my dad was saying, you know what, if you go into the shopping mall, make sure that my little, uh, the baby basically, would not be unattended or be too far away from me because she looked different. She had the pale skin, the curly hair. That was a bit kind of...
0: And you could have been a target, is that yeah, what you saying? Yeah, yeah. That
1: we could have been a target. And the thing is, you don't think about it, but then when you're in an environment where there are a lot of people and because you look different, you feel it then. You're like, oh, hang on, is this safe? And then you start kind of doubting what you're doing and you start observing and then you're not enjoying it.
0: And when did that happen for you?
1: I left Mexico when I was seven when my parents separated and I lived in Canada, I would go and see my dad every summer. And uh, He was still in Mexico City? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, he was still in Mexico City. And Now, he, I think he's in Torreón, that is just, I think, like three hours away from Mexico. But yeah, he was living there, so I never thought much of it, but I knew, again, when I was a teenager, uh, I couldn't go with jewelry and all these sort of things, so that was fine. Um, I think a moment for me that was like, well, this is kind of a lucky break, is we went to a friend's house. We were waiting for a taxi, myself and two friends, well, my brother and his friend. We were just waiting, and then suddenly we saw this big truck coming with police officers inside. They were just walking in the... Well, not walking, but going really slowly to sort of have a look at the neighborhood, what was happening. Basically, there was a little car taxi the, those old beetles they came across and he said get in the car uh, and there was a obviously the taxi driver and a lady and the lady said to to us you shouldn't be outside at this time you three young kids and we're like but the police is right there It's like that's the worst they could have take you and do things that I don't know if you can say on the radio but that shocked me I was like hang on they're police officer why would you say that. And I think that that's when I realised that not everyone is portrayed as they should be. So there was a level, she was
0: alluding to the fact that, you know, the, the, the police might be corrupt and, yes. and a whole kind of tier of, of, of danger. Yes. yes. What was it like when you first landed in Canada then? I mean, in that Canada. would be a different world.
1: Mom is Canadian. So we were always between Mexico and Canada. So it was normal to me. Uh, it's the same thing on when people ask me, why do you speak so many languages? It's just a normal thing. Um, I never thought much of it until I lived in Canada and then I was stuck in the cold (laughs) at minus 40 with like two, three feet of snow. I mean, I think it was more the adapting to my two different lifestyles from one extreme to the other, uh, from, you know, a wealthy dad and then suddenly a single mom. They had to start from scratch. I think that that was my biggest struggle uh, that I had as a kid. I knew, I think, at that point that how I wanted to live my life, and it was not struggle. <laughs> it was, you know, enjoying traveling, enjoying all these things. So. Well,
0: what were your dreams? What did you want to do when you were a kid, when you thought about uh, a career?
1: You know what? I, coming from the background, uh, Mexican background, My dad was so strict. I would never (laughs) look at my dad bad. I would never reply to my dad. And he always wanted me actually to be a lawyer. I was really good at my grades and really good at school that uh, I actually started university uh, studying law. And I started at age 17. So I was pretty young.
0: And where were you at this stage? In Canada. In Canada?
1: In Canada. So
0: you had the grades.
1: I had the grades. I had the brain. (laughs) That's not what I wanted to do. So um, obviously, Dad was basically paying for my school and everything else. And uh, I met new friends and they basically said, um, why don't we go during uh, spring break to the Caribbeans? And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? Dad's going to pay for it. I'm having good grades. Why not?
0: So it's my reward.
1: It's my reward. Exactly. <laughs> so end up going to the Caribbeans and 2 weeks became 3. 3 weeks became 4.
0: You never went back?
1: And I never went back.
0: What did your dad say?
1: he didn't talk to me for a while <laughs> right. and he cut me off um, so that was kind of it was okay it's
0: like sounds like the plot to a movie
1: yeah not cut off i could finances. tell you so many stories you would be like <laughs> hang on can you please write a book it's i oh my god i've seen everything in the caribbean all
0: right so you started doing law you grew bored with that you got convinced to go holidaying in the caribbean you stayed longer than you should have your dad's now cut you off. It's not, it's, there's <laughs> yes. no money flowing in. What, what's your next step? What are you going to do?
1: Then I got involved into modelling, and I was modelling between Mexico and the Caribbean, and uh, I was making a lot of money, and uh, invited to lots of parties. And uh, the I don't know if you know about Saint Martin, but it's kind of um, the airport island for. Mega yachts. So there's always events. Uh, we're just close to Saint Bart's and Anguilla. It's always a party town. The reality is that's what it is. It's just a nice environment, blue water, sun, beach.
0: I should look at some travel brochures. Oh, uh,
1: you definitely need to. <laughs> yeah, basically that was how I was making my money. I was just traveling and uh, and modeling um, expensive jewelry and giving free Louis Vuittons and. Living the high life, as you would say. So,
0: yes. I get a sense that you're about to tell me, though, then something terrible happened and that it all changed. I Well... Or did this... (laughs) well, Well, that lifestyle didn't obviously go on forever.
1: Basically, I made a decision at some point that the lifestyle was great and I didn't want to change it, but mentally I was not fulfilled. I was not using my capacity of knowledge and I actually became bored, to be honest. I was like, this is, it's nice, but you cannot model till you're 40, 50, 60. That's right, so not was sustainable. Anymore. No, for me, it wasn't. Like, yeah. it, it was great when you're young and you experiencing and everything. But when I turned 21... You're still young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 21, I said, this is it. And for me, that was just that breaking point. And then I met my ex-partner and uh, I guess things obviously just fell into places that it was time for me to go and move to the next step in my life that I wanted to go back to study. I didn't know what, but uh, I knew that I needed to to get my brain working.
0: What did you end up studying?
1: I didn't. I didn't. I went back and I found out that I was pregnant, so I didn't.
0: Now, is this, um, without mentioning names, but uh, you, the ex-partner that you spoke about, is this the guy then that you travelled with to Australia yes. to open the restaurant? Yes. And that restaurant was, was in Cairns, yes. am I right? Because yes. he was a
1: chef. We had five restaurants in Cairns. Wow. Uh, yeah, we had a fine dining and uh, we had kind of a more layback and uh, a cafe and a fishing shop and uh, tapas and so on and so on. So,
0: What was your role in building that business?
1: I was a support. I was a support. Uh, I think that when I moved to Australia, obviously I was young. I had a baby. So it was a new life, but it wasn't, it not that it wasn't planned, but there was no, we were two young kids coming to Australia and deciding that we're going to build something, but there was no what we're going to build. And obviously at that point I was a mom. I It was new to me, so I had to learn how to do all those things. And um, coming from the Caribbeans and all that life, that everything was done for me, uh, I had to learn how to be a mom and how to be a a partner. Kansas is
0: a great place, but it would have been a culture shock from (laughs) from the lifestyle that you were just describing.
1: To be honest with you, Um, we moved to Australia but we first moved to Brisbane I didn't want to get out of the house for a year that's how much I was in culture shock I couldn't understand the English they would say good day they would say uh, hey mate and I would be like excuse me say what again I, I just I couldn't I I wouldn't say I hated it but I just didn't feel comfortable and then also my partner said okay well we live here now obviously you need to drive on the other side of the road with the opposite uh obviously driving seat and and, and then on top of that he gave me a manual car so look I was taking the bus <laughs> as much as I didn't want to it was just too much and um I just got involved with a, a friend of mine that she owned a, a shop and made a few friends, and then it started gradually, sort of moving along. And we lived in Brisbane for a year, and then we moved to uh, to Cairns, and uh, we built. Uh, we made actually we had our first restaurant a year from moving to Cairns, and then it just grew and grew and grew. So yeah,
0: what happened to those restaurants?
1: We happen. And uh, we, we came together as a new family, but we we didn't know what we were doing and we, we were just two kids coming to Australia to build a family and we just grew apart. We became two different people.
0: Right, so the relationship ended. Yes. Did, did that have an impact then on the business side of it? Did that collapse or are they still running?
1: Uh, no, it did collapse uh, for the main reason that uh, – I was obviously not there. I decided to actually step back and focus on myself. I kind of had like a, an epiphany, if you want to say, of who am I? What am I going to do? Am I just a mom? Am I just a partner? I had to find and figure out who I was. And,
0: um But from, you know, me listening to your story, yes. <laughs> it sounds like you you've had already at this young age an amazing array of choices. Yes. You had the grades to do law. Yes. You modelled and lived the Louis Vuitton lifestyle. <laughs> yes. You met, you know, your partner. Yes. You opened and ran five restaurants yes. in cans. and you're still wondering. Like
1: who I was, who you were. Yes, because I was never doing anything, okay, except the Caribbean. So let's take that one out (laughs) of the equation. But I never did something for me. I always did things, for example, my dad would tell me, This is what you have to do, or uh, expectation. I always had to live above the expectation.
0: Okay, I I understand that because I was thinking, you know, for a lot of people that might be listening to this, that wouldn't even have that choice Mm. that you had. I mean, you had a lot of kind of things to choose from, but I understand what you're saying. So now it was time for you to do something for yourself. Mm -hmm. So what did you do?
1: I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had to find what I wanted. Um, I went actually to see a a therapist and uh, I said, look, I'm not sick because obviously there's so much stigma with seeing a psychologist. And I said, look, I'm... I'm good, but I'm lost. What, what's my next step? And she just asked me questions that made me realize that I didn't know myself.
0: What kind of question do you remember?
1: Uh, what do you like? What do you do when you have downtime? And obviously, being a young mom, I was like... <laughs> clean. I'm, bus- I'm busy. <laughs> clean. Uh, take care of a child. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm helping my obviously ex partner now uh, to do menus, to do this like it, it, and deal with employees. It was never, what do you do is what can you fit in? Mm. That's and, what it was. And what did she do with your answers? She basically give me homework saying, what do you want to do? And, uh, It's funny enough, I actually then studied in psychology. Psychology was my passion for a few years.
0: What was it about that particular degree?
1: The fact that you can help others by just listening. You don't need to put much of an input. You can just be there when someone is in need. And that for me was like such an unselfish gesture that changes someone life that for me that's what it was
0: and did you complete the degree
1: i did yeah um i haven't done honors or anything uh i kind of deviate from that Uh, i worked for uh eudoxia um that um he was a great mentor for me i was actually taking phone calls from obviously people who needed help and uh i kind of realized at a early stage that i wanted to treat the unnormal not the normal And then I decided to study in medicine. (laughs) So it went from one extreme to the other, to be honest with you. Um, We had a lot of phone calls that, uh, you know, obviously people that were in need due to certain crises. And uh, as much as I wanted to help people, I wanted to help people to make a difference. And the difference is by not being only physically, but doing things. And when I was taking, obviously, those phone calls, it was kind of a sessions of half an hour to an hour and I would maybe hear back from them five times because of referrals and things like that and then I would never know what happened to them. It would be end of the conversation case closed.
0: You were curious as to what had happened?
1: Yeah of course I mean if you know when you hear certain stories I mean not all the stories are you know like mine I'm sad I don't know what to do some of them are you know violence and you know trauma and all these yeah. sort of things, that when you don't know what happened, it it dawns on you. You 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 know you cannot always go to back to sleep and and be calm and say, "Oh, my life is perfect." And you think and and you relate to certain situations, and you you are wondering. You know you don't want to feel alone, and if you don't want to feel alone, I'm sure that these people definitely don't want to feel that.
0: I'm always up for some parenting advice as a dad of a nine year old. <laughs> And now I'm interested. Uh, so, for a mum with two girls. Yes. And all these experiences, mm-hmm. from, like I said, I won't go over them again, but from, you know, to study law, to the modeling, to the business, to psychology, to medicine. Mm-hmm. What piece of advice? How old are your daughters, by the way?
1: Uh, the oldest is 12. She's going on 13. Oh, well, they're still young. Yeah.
0: But what is Is there a piece of advice that's important from your experiences that you would love to pass on to your kids?
1: Look, I don't know. I'm. I always keep it one hundred with my kids. What's they, that mean? <laughs> it means I always tell them how I think. Um,
0: so that's uh, what that emoji means. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, exactly. I never knew. Um, I always
0: keep it one hundred.
1: Yeah, yeah, one hundred. Or like uh, Drake says, I always say from zero to one hundred. So that means it's really quick. I'll so. be able to start using that emoji now. I always keep it one hundred. But um,
0: but, yeah. but having you know having your lessons where where you just said before that you had lived a life trying to fulfil other people's expectations mm-hmm. without fulfilling your own. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're in a great position to give advice to your kids yes. in terms of what they want to do. Yes. And you'd have appropriate responses when they say, oh, I might think about modeling, or I might do this, yeah. or I might do that. <laughs> um,
1: look, the best advice that I have give my daughters is to be them and to not conform to what others want you to be. Um, I, you know, my, my oldest one at the moment, she comes to me and, and she tells me things and that I'm super grateful. We we're, were really close. Um, but I always say, look, don't do anything to please anyone. Don't get into, because girls, believe it or not, are catty. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that.
0: that
1: And she tells me a lot of those stories and I say, you know what? Stick to your ground. You are who you are. You don't need to please anyone. Just tell it how it is. And if they don't like it, they might get offended. They might get the, I don't want to talk to you for a day or two, but they'll come back because they know you're genuine. So just be you and be happy.
0: The rest falls into place. Exactly. What are you doing Today, like what what's the business um, that, that you're behind
1: um, now? What are you doing? Okay, so my background is uh, finance. I'm a financial broker. Um, I am in a partnership with uh, Bodo Lenichek and he does risk insurance and I do business insurance. And we've been together for the last uh, four to five years and it's a great adventure and uh, love it every day.
0: A lot of your social media posts are about empowering women
1: Yes, that's my little baby at the moment. What's that about? uh, So, um, obviously, being in the uh, financial world, I've found that there is everything is serious. Everything is just it has to be in a certain way. Obviously, you, you, you're playing with people's future, people's income. You need to know what you're doing. You need to know your craft. But being in a lot of those uh, seminars, sometimes, you know, it can be overwhelming on the amount of time and, and what's going on. Um, and then with other friend of mine that they're in other industries, that they ask me, hey, come to a seminar, come and do this. It's completely two different worlds. And I thought, why don't we combine informative and fun together and make something here in the Sunshine Coast to help business businesswomen uh, shine, connect, collaborate and hopefully create something. Uh, you know, we, we kind of are all in the same gold. We all want to achieve. We all want to, to be successful. But sometimes when we are focused on what we are doing ourselves, we forget that there's others in the same boat that you are. So I just want to try to create a platform to bring all these beautiful ladies, talented ladies that we have in the Sunshine Coast, and just get them out there and see if they can connect or they can collaborate together.
0: From listening to your story mm-hmm. uh, and the journey that you've made, mm-hmm. I sense that though you, you probably won't be in Noosa for very long, uh- or am I wrong <laughs> there? Is this kind of home, a long-term... Is home.
1: No, this is home. I,
0: you know, you, I, I feel that you have itchy feet. And you feel you know, you want to <laughs> do more traveling and, and, and con- oh. conquer new horizons.
1: Um, no, I do look who doesn't love traveling. Um, but I think this is going to be home uh, for a long time. My daughters are happy here. Um, I have a beautiful business, and uh, now obviously, this new adventure, Virago. Uh, I have no intentions to go anywhere at this point. Um, as living. Travelling, oh, my God, don't let me even start it on where I want to go. <laughs> well, you've but, already
0: yeah. travelled extensively mine my
1: understanding. Yes, I have. Places
0: of the world that you haven't been to?
1: Dubai. Really? Dubai, You just going to fly
0: Emirates to, I know. to Europe. You'll stop there.
1: I know, but I want to, like, have a full-on uh, <laughs> adventure there. I mean, I've been to Asia and, and, and Europe and everything, but uh, I don't know. I like different. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I I don't even know how to explain. But when I was living in the Caribbean, um, St. Martin in particular, the island is kind of divided into two. So you have uh, the Dutch side and you have the French side. So it was kind of a weird mixture of cultures. And I just always embrace being different and, and, and trying new foods and trying everything. So for me, everything that is weird is actually fun.
0: <laughs> Elisa, I really appreciate you coming in and sharing thank some of your stories. fascinating story. Thank uh, so thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Elisa Hurtado there. She was my guest today on Conversations in Noosa. I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, rate and review the podcast and feel free to share it with family and friends on social media. Remember, there are two fresh podcasts up on our In Noosa magazine website every week, every Monday and Thursday, innoosamagazine.com.au forward slash conversations. Until next time next time take care